it just freaked Susu the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Your only friend. Hey. <laughs> Easy there, bro. I would like you to know that you might be the Jason of this podcast. Um, however, I'm the Jason of my of my group. The is that the um, is that um, Manzukis? It's Manzukis, yeah. <laughs> is that Jason Manzukis on your shirt? It is indeed. Man, it's, yes, it's a good I, thing we're still on lockdown. <laughs> I'm, but I'm the Jason of the group. Yeah, how's that going for you? Well, as you mentioned, I'm alone with my cat. So, um, <laughs> oh. that I mean. <laughs> Maximum that's, Derek. You, that's that's cemented it. It's like not the cat thing, but but like listening to so much how did this get made in quarantine mm. and on the mini episodes, like one of the best things about about this whole like pandemic and consuming of pop culture and all of that mm-hmm. is if you if you listen to the mini episodes um on a on a good chunk of them, the ones over the past year, it's um it's it's Paul and Jason basically stealing our bit. Um, they're they, you know, and I'm, I'm sure they stole it from us. Uh, Obviously, of how wildly popular we are. But um, they they spend they'll spend like a half hour, forty five minutes, just shooting the shit and and like making recommendations on things uh, back and forth. And it's it's one of the the uh my favorite things to listen to wow i um i'm honored that jason manzukis and paul Shear thought thought of us enough i mean we have to- yeah because we're masters of the craft we're innovators ourselves it's 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 clearly this show that's the model for so much that's out there with um. with white men of a certain age yeah i well, i mean <laughs> Yes, we we set the uh, we set the tone. We we um, we the pale tone. We don't follow the now, template. We are the template. <laughs> so uh, now, on that note, this is mental platypus. I'm I'm Jared. I'm Jason, but I'm the Jason of my group. Just so mm-hmm. we're clear. <laughs> uh, you can follow us at mental underscore platypus on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can go to mentalplatypus.com where you can find uh, a central location for all things Mental Platypus, including our weekly recommendations. And uh, you can email us through there as well. There's a contact page. Just uh, send us a form email. Let us know what you're thinking. Yeah. And while you're at it on the internet there, you know, just, you know, go into, slip into your, uh, into your Apple Podcasts app and, uh, and, and, and uh, give us a fiver. Like, yeah, know, five and, stars, and then tell us that we suck. It's if you want, you you you're welcome to say something nice, but you know, as long as it's five stars, I don't really give a shit one way or the other. I mean, constructive would be nice. Something constructive would be nice, right? Constructive criticism I, again. I, I don't care. Uh, something, yeah. I mean, honestly, if you if if you're dying to send us criticism, why not send it through the email? But um, right, as far as the the ratings go, put the five stars and write whatever uh, floats your boat. 
if you want to write something about boats that's entirely unrelated to the podcast, you're mm-hmm. you're welcome to do it as long as it's got five stars. Well, I can currently I can give you an update. We are currently um, three reviews, uh, four five star ratings. So I mean, I I think I know who did all those. <laughs> So probably I, I I hate to admit it here, but I I have not five starred our own podcast. God damn it, Jared! <laughs> I'm I I'm, I don't listen through Apple. Podcasts. This is why we're doomed for failure. So. Just go to podcast.apple.com and rate and just hit the five star thing, man. <laughs> uh, but see now. If somebody goes there and there are now five reviews, then they know I'm gonna I'll be one of those five reviews, and that just seems like uh, that seems like falsely inflating. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Don't yeah. don't help the cause. I'll, I'll wait till we get past. I'll wait till we get past the five. Somebody else has to be that fifth five stars, <sighs> and uh, and I'll pop in there. Yeah, you don't have to leave a rating. They're not gonna know it's you, dude. So, I just. This person who has just like this very confounded look on his face uh, is Jason Kyle. Yeah, you can follow him on on Twitter and Instagram at Jason E Kyle K E I L. And uh, this guy who doesn't want us to succeed uh, is um, Jared. Uh, can be found at LTD underscore engagement. Um, and then you can drop the underscore like um, our dreams of being podcast royalty. Um, on the Instagrams, <laughs> I was I was having this discussion last night. How I I really have I I understand that I am probably the one who gets in my own way the most often, um, and most of that is due to is in large part due to the lack of self promotion because I have this you know there's. I, I just I, I want people to discover things on their own and for something to succeed on its own merits, mm-hmm. and I realize that that's very very old fashioned thinking that that doesn't happen so much anymore. You need to hype. Apparently, if you don't hype, then nobody knows. Well, word of mouth happens if someone has knows to talk about it. That's that's how it works, man. So that means, you know. Going on online and p- promoting with clever things to say, which is why I don't know why you let me do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, you don't. You don't have the aversion to it that I do. I, it's. Oh, I have aversion. I, I don't know. I, I. I have aversion. I am slowly, like I am slowly making myself disappear on Facebook. Uh, and you know, removing any tags from pictures, whatnot. I just, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm Elvis Costello. I want to vanish. You know, um, I, I you know it's my fondest wish too. Yes. And if you want to hear an hour plus mm. conversation on Elvis Costello and his albums and where we would put them in our own top ten, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Hoot and Waddle. <laughs> And uh, pledge anything over $5 a month or $5 a month and uh, get the bonus podcast. Mm-hmm. I see what you did there. It was a, it was a good segue yeah. to bring back an old bit. Yeah. It, was the, it was the 
a good segue. So, um, but um, yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I I don't know where I'm going with this. You should edit that out, <laughs> or I should leave it in for the purpose of of, of honesty and transparency in podcast. No, <laughs> uh, but there's. I, to get back to what I was talking about mm-hmm. with with um, how did this get made mm-hmm. and the chats between between Jason and and uh, and Paul, uh, I you know it's the one of the one of the things about um, about this whole pandemic is that I have I have consumed you know in in all of this time on my own. I have consumed a lot of stuff, uh, and you know some of it's some some of it has been recommendations, you know that you have talked about on the show. Some of it has been recommendations that I've heard on on other podcasts, um, and uh, it's just like you know a lot of things that that uh, that I I might it might have either taken me longer to get to, or that uh, I might I might not have uh, might not otherwise have checked out. Um, and I thought, you know, it, this, this, it's kind of a component of what we do anyway. And why not do just like a special entire episode of recommendations? Uh, I have a, I have a backlog of them now. I've consumed a lot in the past, uh, past couple of weeks. And, uh, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. All right. Lay it on me. Well, I'm going to start with something that's not actually a recommendation now that I'm saying that. It's just, I, I thought that maybe you could talk me through it a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to recommend everybody get I, a I vaccine. I, be, <laughs> I, well, no, I just, I, I think that, that you're a little more knowledgeable about this, this subject than, than I am. Uh, but I finally took the plunge and watched the first The Fast and the Furious <laughs> you assume that I, I'm I I know about the Fast and the Furious. I've seen the first one. It's been years. I don't think I've seen it since it first came out. For some reason, I was under the impression that that would be a series of films that that you would enjoy. I the ones I have seen the first one, the second one, and I believe the sixth one. That's like how. Um, bizarre it is. Like I, I, it's how little I keep up, and it's just they've never. Um, I've got nothing against them. Um, uh, I just um, and I've seen Hobbs and Shaw, which is the offshoot, right? Like the the spinoff. Um, yeah, I've got um, nothing against them. They seem like perfectly harmless, fun movies. Um, I just, um, I've just never gotten around to it. Um, well, I think that might be why but they seem like a lot of fun. Starting, it, I mean, I like fast uh, cars. Yeah, the first one's great. Yeah, I like the first one just fine. It's been a while though. I, I I did enjoy the first one. I enjoyed the first one enough to 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 continue it. Um, it's it you know it's it's something that honestly probably if there had not been a pandemic I. I probably wouldn't have gotten into it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been, I've been, you know, I had been watching a lot of heavy stuff, a lot of serious stuff. And it was just like, you know, 
Uh, I've heard a lot of people talk about how great these films are as just escapist fare. Um, And I watched it for that, keeping it in mind. And I got to be honest, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an absolutely ridiculous, it's not a great film by any stretch. Uh, But it goes, uh, it goes down smooth as they say. Yeah. And uh, it, it was just, um, I mean, it, it's nothing other than what it advertises. It's just, it's, you know, ripped guys and, you know, and scantily clad strong women and getting in fast cars. And, and being uh, furious about thin, it. Thin plot. <laughs> yep. Getting in fast cars and being furious about it. Uh, exactly. Um, exactly. Just yeah. I what I remember most sometimes at the same time. Yes. So that so that they are both fast and furious. Mm-hmm. What what I remember most about the first one is just the feeling that of a like a seventies B movie, like something that uh, Samuel Arkoff yes. would present, um, uh, or a Roger Corman type movie. Uh, and that's why I dug about. It. And now um, it's finally whenever I see a trailer for one. Um, it uh, doesn't resemble that anymore. It's like, what can we? It's spun off into this like whole universe of impossibility. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I'm still, I'm still, I, from what I have heard about it, uh, I'm, I'm in for a rough patch. Like the first film, everybody agrees is pretty solid, mm-hmm. and then the second and third are terrible uh no and then it starts to pick up again as well i did not think the second one was terrible that's uh that one's directed by john singleton the second one doesn't even have the second one doesn't have vin diesel because it was the second one doesn't even have vin diesel yeah yeah the second one doesn't have vin diesel if i recall it takes place in florida again it's been like probably 20 years i think i went to see it with my dad of all like just because there was like nothing else on. And I remember wanting to see it because it was directed by uh, John Singleton. And I've always liked his movies. Um, and it's just, it's probably the most Hollywood thing he's ever done. Um, mm. Other than that Shaft remake, that's actually really good. Um, mm-hmm. Not the one from two years ago, the one from what the Jeffrey Wright. Yeah. Um, and no, it's just um, it, and that one is more like a black exploitation movie. Like a, it's like um, mm. it's in the style of like like Shaft or um, like a Pam Greer seventies movie. Um, gotcha. Parts of it, I mean, don't. I mean, obviously, parts of it don't uh, work as well um, as probably the first one. But I don't recall at all thinking like it was horrible. I remember, I I remember that year like one of the Tomb Raiders came out like with Angelina Jolie and thinking that was horrible. Um, probably because it had. Was there more than one Tomb Raider? There are two movies and a reboot, my friend. All with Angelina Jolie? No, the first two are with Angelina Jolie, and then they did a reboot. I think two, three years ago with Alicia Vikander, um, the robot from Ex Machina. I, I, I vaguely remember the first one. Yeah. Um, well, and I mean, it's got Gerard Butler in it, 
which I mean, by law, it has to suck. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, Gerard Butler um, is the kiss of death for any motion picture in my in my book. So, even three hundred. Um, he didn't help it. Um, we I think we've had this discussion before about three hundred. Um, it's really good for a half an hour, and then there's only so many. I, I just become uh, the constant stream of violence uh, just becomes yeah. numbing, and I don't. I didn't. I end up not caring. Um, I have to admit, I have not seen it since it came out. So nor have I, and it's funny because I can. Um. I can be, I can be a, um, who's the director of that movie? Why can't I think? Oh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, yeah. yeah. I can be a Snyder stan for some movies. I like his. Really? Like what? Um, <laughs> very few, but. Well, I, I, I think that we've had a little bit of this discussion before too, but <sighs> I mean, I, I think his Watchmen is actually okay. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I will, I will stand for a Watchmen. Um, Again, I haven't seen that since it came out either. So I've watched it a few times since. I've watched like three different iterations of it because there's like. Have you watched it s- since the Lindelof Watchmen though? Oh, the the HBO show. Yeah, I haven't watched it since I've watched because the HBO I, show. I, I that show was fucking amazing. I loved. That. Oh yeah, but he had nothing to do with that. No, but. In light of that, I wonder how I would evaluate going back and watching that film. Yeah, I mean, he. I think what what I how I feel about that movie is that he wanted to follow Moore's comic so close, and he does. Like he's got like right. we he has like literal frames recreated. Um, right. He's like very proud of that. Um, and, um, but, um, I think because he wants to be so like close, adhere so closely to the source material that he forgot to, you know, give it some, you know, heart and, you know, emotion. And I, the only thing I can't stand, or the only thing I, I don't like, the big thing I don't like about it is his musical choices, which is Lauren Cohen oh, during a sex scene. Uh, there's, yeah, dude, you haven't seen the Snyder cut of Justice League yet. No, but I, I hear he, he pulls the same shit. Um, oh my God, it's, it's so, it's terrible. And it, what's also terrible is that, you know, it's Nick Cave... It's Leonard Cohen. I, I, I love these guys. I love their music, mm-hmm. but he, the way he uses it, it, it's it doesn't bring anything to the film. I mm-hmm. in in my you know it's it's just a needle drop. It's just a mm-hmm. you know. I think it's things like that are not supposed to be that on the nose. I think he got. I think it got to a point where he realized. I'm just going to do this because it seems cool. And just because he thinks it's cool, there's no, 
it's nothing to propel a story or anything. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that he started out in music videos. Um, yeah. Because he's, like, directed... Like, he directed, like, a the Rod Stewart video uh, for the Tom Petty song he did, um, Leave Virginia Alone. Um, he's directed, like, Pierre Murphy videos and Morrissey videos. So, I mean, it's just, like... So, it's kind of where, like, he started, but also it's just, like... I'm just going to do this because it looks cool. Um, whereas, like, someone like maybe Fincher, um, you know, he does it for the story. Uh, you know, like, he uses images to tell the story. Like, um, I remember in the director's cut Zodiac to bring, like, why Fincher would do something. He does, like, this montage of San Francisco changing from like the early seventies to the early eighties and like the studio ended up cutting it, but in the director's cut, he left it in. But the reason why it's in there period is because all this time has passed from like the case, the Zodiac case. And it's a great, visual way to mark time um whereas um with 300 i mean i don't know how many times how many cool ways he thinks he can splire blood um it just loses its charm after a while just because it comes numbing you know Mm -hmm. um but like i said i can I can stand for his Dawn of the Dead remake. I like The Watchmen. I haven't seen The Owls of Gahul, though I don't hear good things about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't seen that one. Uh, was, who his, was in his Dawn of the Dead? Uh, Mackay Pfeiffer, um, Sarah Polly. Um, okay, so I have seen that one. It's the one with the fast zombies, right? Yeah, and... Um, James Gunn wrote the script for it, um, which is probably why it's okay. so good. Um, and this is like James Gunn pre, you know. Um, was it, it was back when he was writing Scooby Doo, right? Yeah, that's exactly. It's like back when he was like writing Scooby Doo and just trying to like get his foot in the door, you know, foot in the door. And um, yeah, it's. I think it's great. Like, it's got some, like, creepy-ass images in it. Um, definitely, you know, hypes the underlying message more. I liked Man of Steel up to the end um, of the movie. Um, to- I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> um, I won't ruin the ending, but... I haven't seen Man of Steel, and I didn't see Batman v Superman. Oh, see, that's, that's where it all goes off the rails um, for me. Um, and his, um, uh, he did this movie like 10 years ago called Sucker Punch, which has Oscar Isaac, um, Jenna Malone. And it's about, yeah. And, um, that Scott Glenn, right? Yeah. And that one, um, I do not have any love for, uh, it's bad. Um, I haven't. I haven't seen it. I listened to the. I listened to the. How did this get made? About it, and that was enough. That's gotta be. Um, <laughs> man, I gotta find that one then, because it's it's bad. Uh, it's really bad. Um, but 
Um, I, I, I'm morbidly curious to see his four hour Justice League, but I don't know if I want to spend 15 bucks a month uh, to watch it because that's how long it will take me to watch it. <laughs> well, so I'll tell you though, um, some of my, my, uh, or at least one of my recommendations today, uh, is also on HBO Max. Um, and I think it's absolutely worth it. I think it's one of the best shows that I've uh, that I've seen in a long time. Um, it's a it's an animated show. It's called Close Enough. Uh, it is uh, do you ever watch regular show? Uh, no, I have not watched regular show. Okay. It's well it's by the guy who did the reg- who did regular show. Um, and it's it's seriously one of the funniest fucking shows that I have ever seen. Uh, it, it the 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 idea of it is that it's the you know it's these four adults living together and and one kid. So there's a married couple uh, and their daughter, and you know it's a, a like young married couple. Um, they're they're living with their with their friends. Uh, uh, in this area because they want their daughter to go to this good school and uh and their their friends who used to be married uh are now divorced and it's it's just this the craziest fucking um <laughs> just absolutely insane show uh completely uh absurdist humor uh, one every episode has two stories, so mm. they're like fifteen minutes a piece. Um, and like one of the one of the episodes, they they go to a, a a club to try to feel, um, you know, because they're they they don't want to feel old. They're all they're they're our age essentially. Um, they're in their they're all in their mid to late thirties and uh, or above, and. Um, you know, they, they go to this club and they try to, to, uh, to get in with the, you know, or vibe with the, the younger kids. And like, there's this whole thing about the, the, like the guy behind the, the, the bartender asks to see their ID at one point or asks to see somebody's ID. Cause he has a, he has a, uh, 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 he has a suspicion that he's not young enough. Mm-hmm. So his, like his ID says that he's 35 or something like that. Um, might say that it, I think it's, it's older than that, but anyway, uh, the, the idea being that the, um, if you're, if you're deemed too old, um, you get put into the VIP lounge, uh, which is the, uh, the, very uh was it i forget what it stands for exactly but it's basically it's essentially saying like the very old person's lounge um and it like sucks you up into these blades and incinerates <laughs> you uh because you're clearly too old to live anymore and it's just this it's it's this insane insane show and the and the voice talent this is this episode may uh this is going to be like a huge Jason Manzoukas episode. Yeah, I was I was looking it up as you were explaining have. it, and I think, oh yeah, no wonder why he likes it. <laughs> uh, 
It's it's Jason Mantzoukas, uh Gabrielle Walsh, uh, the the creator JG Quintel, uh, Kimiko Glenn. Who, if you if you've seen Orange Is the New Black, mm-hmm. um, she's the uh, she plays um, uh, she plays Soso. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's an insane comedy. It's absolutely hysterical. Uh, so I, I do I do highly recommend it. Okay. Um all right, all right, all right. Um Dude, I, I I've got nothing to recommend this week. And I'll explain why. And you're gonna be Okay, please. And and this is gonna probably cement your reason for for never having children. Um <laughs> I love my kids, but uh um but um like I've just been um pretty much anything I've consumed has been on behalf of my children. So it's been a lot of um uh it's been a lot of Daniel Tiger, it's been a lot of Disney Plus. Um we watched this stupid movie about the fucking Easter bunny. It's called hop and (laughs) Russell brand is the voice of the damn Easter bunny. And he poops Mm -hmm. jelly beans. And at one point I'm just like, this is for kids. (laughs) Um, and, um, then I got my shot, my first shot on Tuesday night. I waited, which congratulations, Thank you. by the way. I, and I wait. The thing is, I waited an hour and a half at the site um, before I could leave. <laughs> Forgot my ID too, um, which um, scared me for about a half minute um, until she said, "The nice lady said, oh, just what's your birthday?'" Like, oh, thank you. <laughs> like, I'm not going back.'" Um, and so then like yesterday or the day after, um, not only was I like, didn't go to bed to like one, two in the morning. Um, I was also dead tired from the shot. Like I couldn't, uh, like no amount of coffee could wake me up. Um, which is why we didn't record Did you get the, the Pfizer or the, or the Moderna. Got the Pfizer. Yeah. So okay. Pfizer knocked me out. Um, I, I got the Pfizer. I, I have uh, actually go, well, as this posts, it'll be later this week, I get my second shot, which mm-hmm. I'm excited about to be fully fully done. And uh, and then apparently I can travel anywhere in the U.S. Uh, so <laughs> Where would you go? I, 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 still have no, I still have no intention of doing so. Um, I'm just saying, CDC yeah. says it's cool. But I... I couldn't tell because I had volunteered for that overnight. I didn't get, you know, I got the shot that night and then I got home at six in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't tell if my tiredness was from the shot or if, um, or if it was just the fact that like I slept for an hour and that was it. Yeah. Um, but all the only residual effect that I had noticed was feeling like somebody had punched me in the arm. Yeah. That's, I felt that for, I felt that for a day. Um, like my arm, like I got, punched by um like i was punched by the mountain from 
Game of Thrones in the arm um, lately. <laughs> um, gotcha. And then, yeah, I couldn't tell if it was just being tired, but I was just so exhausted. Like, I figured it had to be. I mean, I've been up to like one in the morning before and felt fine and drink a coffee, but I had like mm-hmm. six cups of coffee, dude. And I was not, I was not budging. So it had to be. Well, but we'll see how the, uh, the second shot affects. I've, I've, yeah. I've heard tell that the second shot, uh, hits you harder. So, yeah. Um, and then of course, um, you said, what time do you want to get your second shot? And I'm like, well, it's around the same time as now, which like, so they wrote me down for like 1158. <laughs> oh, not your appointment time, but the time that you actually got. Yeah. There. <laughs> like my appointment was for like 1103. And, uh, and Kristen's like, oh, um, her, their in-laws got, my in-laws got done at State Farm Stadium too. Like I did. Um, and they're like, oh no, they zipped through in 20 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, they did it when it was open to people their age. Um, right. Now that the restrictions are lifted, yeah, like, there's a lot more people waiting to get in. Exactly. And it's just, and he was even talking to the nurse who was supervising me. And uh, she had said, like, oh, it's been nonstop, like, all day. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so I, I, I haven't watched all, and I'm working on this, um, I've been working on this piece too where i on podcast so i'm not watching tv and it's there's no podcast i can recommend from this project because it's uh not related to pop culture at all <laughs> and oh, here we are so i've just been uh i all i can recommend is uh getting a shot and um one movie i kind of liked um but i know just not enough to like maybe strongly recommend it is I watched that movie Freaky with Vince Vaughn and it's a trope. Oh, the one where it's like a body switching. Yeah. Where they switch by Friday, but with a serial killer, like it's Mm -hmm. funny. It's kind of funny. And it's kind of like, um, Vince Vaughn's actually really good on it. Um, it's the first time I've been able to say that in about 15 years. <laughs> yeah, he's um, not he's not good in his batting average is very low. Yeah, I mean, it's like uh yeah, he's like um it's like a, it's just it's kind of a blip in pretty much an otherwise downward trajectory. Um the kills are good, you know, kind of good and it's remotely funny, but it's not as funny as it thinks it is. Um so I can't uh I can't recommend it that strongly but i liked it just fine so um oh and um i guess the other thing i guess i could recommend though you're giving me shit for on the internet if you have kids was i yeah if you have kids and you want to give them something cool and entertaining to do or to watch that doesn't involve elmo or daniel tiger um the obamas have produced this show on netflix called waffles and mochi um oh i wasn't giving you shit i just hadn't i i didn't know what you were referring to i was like what the fuck is this uh, so yeah so that's what i was doing so there are these two characters one is waffles who's half who's 
half waffle, half yay. And uh, his best friend is Mochi, who's Mochi. And they work at a um, grocery store uh, run by Michelle Obama, um, who's referred to as Mrs. O in the show. And they um, learn about, they want to become like chefs in real life, but they don't know anything about food. So they go all around the world and um, go learn about certain foods. So the salt acid heat woman, the chef, teaches them about tomatoes and um Another chef, Chef Massimo, uh, teaches them about eggs and making tortellini. Um, and the most random people show up, like Rashida Jones is in this episode we watched this morning. Uh, not as Rashida Jones, but as someone who's makes the best cornbread in the whole world. <laughs> and Zach Gaffigonakis shows up as like a stock boy. Uh, and the grocery store. Um, and it's just, um, and I, if anything, it's gone, uh, I don't know if it's made my kids less picky about the food they eat. Um, but we've definitely had better conversations about food and just something I'm like working to do. Um, I'd like to, you know, that's why I like this show so much and it's entertaining for adults. And, um, Kate Micucci and um, her um, Garfunkel and Oates partner um, Garf- um, oh. write the songs. There are songs in it, and that's cool. I like them. Yeah, um, the Gooch. The go- yep, <laughs> the Gooch. <laughs> so they write the songs, um, and one of them is sung by Jack Black. Um, about it's a eighties hairband ballad about eggs. Um, <laughs> and, um, so there's that and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Um, and like I said, random celebrities, it's 10 episodes it's made and apparently Sia does a song though. I don't know. I don't know which one she does. And. Uh, Maya Rudolph sings the theme song. Um, Maya Rudolph is the fucking best. I know. I, mean, I, I you know, I, I, I recommend. I think last week I recommended Big Mouth. Yeah, you um, did. And she is absolutely one of the, the, just a most amazing fucking people. She's in that show. She plays a couple of characters. She plays. Um, you know, one of the main parents, and she also plays one of the hormone monsters, and just off the wall, insane genius. Uh, I, I can't speak highly enough about her. She she is uh, she's one of she's one of those talents that makes uh, life worth living because you want to see what else she she does. Uh, in in a in another animation vein, this is going to wrap up animation corner. Uh, something not for kids at all uh, is Invincible. Oh, I've heard about this show. It's a new, yeah, new animated show on Amazon Prime. It is based off of the Robert Kirkman comic, Robert Kirkman of of Walking Dead fame, 
And you know, I was, I'm I'm not I'm not really a zombie guy, so I never got into The Walking Dead. Um, but this this show is fantastic. It's a it's a it's a superhero show. It's it it veers a little closer to uh, like a walk uh, Watchmen kind of thing than than uh, than like a, or or maybe also I guess it kind of it's like a I was thinking that it's it's almost like a dark version of of um, the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's like the so I'm gonna I'm just gonna list some of the voice cast, uh, which uh, uh, you know we've already been talking about Zooks, so uh, Jason Manzoukas is in it, uh, but you've also got Stephen Yoon, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, J.K. Simmons, Mark Hamill, Gillian Jacobs, Seth Rogen, uh, Zazie Beetz, Sandra O, oh, Walter Goggins, uh, Zachary Quinto. Uh, you've got uh, Mahershala Ali, uh, John Hamm, Clancy Brown, uh, uh, oh, Michael Dorn is in it. Uh, who, <laughs> That's who, a who name I haven't. For, uh... Yeah. Um, uh, May Whitman is in it for for a bit, uh, and yeah, it's just it's so it's very unexpected. It's not what I thought it was going to be at all. And there's this kind of um, it's it's also kind of like the the boys in some ways, uh, which was also based on on a like dystopian superhero kind of comic book. That's the vibe um, I got. But it's just when I saw yeah, the preview, it, it's 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 pretty wild. I I I do highly recommend it. It's it's something where if um and I don't I don't know if you ever finished watching the boys, but not yet. Um you know, once you're once you're ready for another uh you know, another thing. I know that you're that you have to struggle just to find the time to to stay up on the on uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. But, yeah. Uh if you if you do find yourself with with some time to to watch, I I, I I do highly recommend it. And this is one, this is continuing that format uh, that the boys did actually as well of releasing an episode a week. Oh, okay. So there, I think there, all, there are only, uh, there might be only like three or four episodes right at, at this point. So it wouldn't be hard to catch up on. Okay. Um, well, but yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Well, you know, the hard part, like they release all this stuff on Fridays. Um, which is like, yeah, I know. And now that uh, Marvel and Star Wars pretty much has um, Fridays on lockdown uh, for the next year, I think, because after, so I think like after Falcon and Winter Soldier is done, I think they're either doing, I think they're doing Loki after that. Um. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're doing the Loki show, and then after Loki's done. Um, they'll be doing, um, either the, um, either the Mandalorian or the, um, Boba Fett show. So, and then Mandalorian does like season three around October. So it, Damn. yeah, it's, yeah, they, it just keeps coming. Yeah. They, it pretty much got, uh, fries on lockdown for the next, uh, 
year or two with the what they're with the Marvel and the and the Star Wars, um, which makes it hard to keep up on. Unless your child is, uh, in which case, uh, nothing's really on lockdown. You can just watch shit whenever you want. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, but. Think of I all gotta the take my dollars joy. where I can get them, man. I'm also, I'm also, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I spend so think much of, of my time. Think of all the that. Uh, think I'm of not, all the joy gotta, gotta that take, you're missing out on. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> find the advantages where I can. So, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to. Um, the other thing is, like, I've been meaning to watch um, News of the World, uh, that Tom Hanks movie. Um, that came out last year. Oh, yeah, is it for about I, a week now? I, and I haven't I, you know, because I, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I I haven't really I haven't read or read about or read any reviews on it or or heard anything about it really. It just it 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 did not um it did not strike me as something that I was super excited about seeing. And correct me if I'm wrong, that's the one that almost killed Tom Hanks, right? Because uh, uh, isn't that the one that he filmed in Australia and almost no. died, or when he got COVID? No, he's doing a Baz Luhrmann movie. That's the oh, one that's that, that was? That's the one that gave him COVID. Yeah, News of the World had been, I think, filmed and wrapped um, by the time... Well, oh, so he's he's the one that's doing Moulin Rouge too, The Reckoning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> said this time it's personal. We kill, yeah, like we killed Nicole Kidman. Now life imitates art. <laughs> um, but the reason why I want to see news of the world. It's, it's the it's the one where the big number is Tom Hanks walks in and says, "Consumption be done about this." <laughs> But I'm told that the duet between him and Ewan McGregor is lovely. Uh, oh, I bet. Yeah. I, I bet they just light up the dance floor. They do. <laughs> um, so, and maybe he'll, um, you know, in the in the Lerman verse, I, I think uh, they're trying to get him into Strictly <laughs> Ballroom too. Uh, and <laughs> uh, oh man, the idea that there's a Lerman verse that uh, that kills me. Yeah, I do. You like him? Like his uh, his movies. Can I confess that I've I've I don't think I've ever seen I I think that an ex at one point sort of forced me to watch Strictly Ballroom. Okay. Um, and I think that's the only Baz Luhrmann film that I've ever seen. So, um, yeah. So I've seen Strict. I've actually yeah. I've seen all of his movies. Um. And I've seen bits and pieces of Moulin Rouge, but I didn't care. Uh, and yeah, I haven't I haven't seen his Gatsby. I haven't seen um, his Gatsby's good. What, like I liked his I Gatsby. Australia, Australia. I have the fucking I have the fucking soundtrack that uh, Brian Ferry did. <laughs> yeah, that's, that one's good. <laughs> um, and I think the only one of his I. I, I don't like um as I don't like his Romeo and Juliet. Um the, Oh I haven't watched that in twenty five years. Dane's one, right? Yeah, I haven't watched that in twenty five years though. 
Okay, so I have seen two Baz Luhrmann films, <laughs> but I, I saw that I, I saw that in high school. Yeah, uh, because it, to like coincide with the whole Shakespeare unit, mm-hmm. I think I saw that sophomore year of high school. Yeah, th- I remember when that came out. I was um, I was a pretentious um, son of a bitch at the time, and I thought it was trash because it. What's changed? Ah, <laughs> ah! Uh, because I um, I felt it. Uh, marred the the bard's uh vision for true romance and uh <laughs> that's um that's my Stadler and Waldorf moment mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> like, uh, not realizing i i think it was um either bef- it was really before probably before or after that four hour Kenneth Branagh Hamlet thing that he did. Oh, which which I don't think I've seen that either. I, I haven't seen a lot of I haven't seen a lot of adaptations of Shakespeare. And I'll tell you what, that's interesting because uh, the next recommendation on my list is one of the main reasons I'm recommending it is because of how they write about putting on a production of Shakespeare's Henry the Fourth, um, <laughs> and. It's it's a bright ray of darkness. It's the novel by Ethan Hawke. It's the it's the one that we talked about, uh, you know, jokingly. And I was like, I'm gonna read that shit. And uh, I gotta tell you, it's it's better. It's a million times better than I thought it would be. Um, he uh, there there's some there's some pretty cringeworthy moments where it's where it's just like 30 something white guy problems and some sex scenes that made me roll my eyes uh but the the parts of the book and and it's 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 an overwhelming majority of it I think uh you know revolve around the staging production and uh and like behind the scenes of of Henry the Fourth. Mm-hmm. And the the way he writes about it, I've never been as interested in Shakespeare as I was reading the there's such like a palpable um like love for theater and the the way he writes about the interactions with the actors and the the thrill of actually performing. Um that were were very exciting uh and and filled me with a desire once you can go see theater again to um to see some theater because i've really i i've you know i've seen like the uh, my exposure to theater is very limited and it's very limited to like underground you know small small box like uh, box theater productions uh you know like the howl theater stuff the stuff that Kristanowski was doing uh, when he was around here, uh, so yeah, I, I it, uh, it it you know I I won't say it scratched an itch. I think it actually created an itch to go experience some some live stuff. Ah, so you're saying yes, yes to Ethan. I'm saying give yeah I'm saying this book is worth it. Uh you know if you were on if you know 
here's the thing. Like, if you had no interest in reading it, I I don't you know don't read it. Whatever. But if you were if if you were curious and you were on the fence about it, I I would say go for it. Okay. Um, he it's you know, he's he's just he's he's good. Uh, and it actually made me curious about checking out the rest of his his work um and you know it's just they're uh they're i don't know some people managed to to pull off the uh the writer actor uh mm. and and i think he's done so pretty successfully here have you seen um by chance have you seen pretend it's a city I have not. No. Are you aware of why it is? Uh, I'm going to look it up while you start to talk about it. Okay. So it's a seven-part documentary directed by Martin Scorsese. um, And it's about Fran Lebowitz, uh, the writer. Oh, I have heard about it. Yeah. Uh, What? The photographer. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's uh, Annie Lebowitz. Um, oh, that's Fran right. Lebowitz is the writer who's had writer's block for. Got it. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Now, now I'm, 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 I'm with you. Um, and it made me, um, it made me want to read more of her, find some of her books and read some of her stuff. Um, but um, I mean, it's essentially, um it's essentially like a distillation, a very long visual distillation of, um, uh, Leibowitz's points of view on hot button topics, um, uh, which some are outdated. Um, some are not, um, and some are, uh, kind of logical. Um, She's kind of comes off as this like this funny curmudgeon, um, but I I really enjoyed it. Um, I've never been to New York, and I feel like I have a sense of it now um, because of that. Um, I've never heard Martin Scorsese laugh so much in like my entire life. Um, <laughs> um, and maybe you want to check out some of her, um, like I of her books, but the library only has like electronic copies that I can only read on my phone, which I hate. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, um, I would recommend checking out if you like the first episode, you're definitely going to watch the rest. Um, it's funny just hearing her take on movies. She worked, worked with the Warhol. Um, she's like rubbed elbows with like all these famous, people and it's it's the life i aspire i i she's one of the people like after seeing it like that's why i want to do i want to like mm. say i'm a writer and just not write for 18 years or do the occasional essay and mm-hmm. get the admiration of martin scorsese and i can just talk and i can just do panels for the rest of my life um, and it shows like these old clips of like her on Laramin and being curmudgeonly with Laramin and, um, and it's funny to see even too, like with the, with the way things are now with current events and, 
Um, mm-hmm. They don't talk about COVID because it's all happened during COVID. I imagine this is like COVID is pretty much probably she's loving it right now. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy, I did enjoy like that. She was, um, her battles with the patriarchy, um, that she discusses in, in a little bit. Um, there's even like one panel that they take from where it's her and Olivia Wilde and, uh, and they're discussing, you know, fighting with Warhol and like other white guys and like Spike Lee is one of the pan- like one of the panels that they filmed and they've filmed like a few with uh, uh, Scorsese, of course, and it all takes place like in this like white dude country club room. It seems like <laughs> like. Hmm. Um, I, I I enjoyed the heck of out of it. I, um, it's definitely not Scorsese's greatest work, <laughs> um, but it makes me want to like. It definitely gives me, um, her and probably um, uh, Hanif. Um, I, I remember mispronounced his name again. Like the, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, though the author of um. um Go ahead in the rain. Uh, mm-hmm. I admire Hanif because all he does seemingly does is write, um, and he's very passionate about what he writes about. Um, and I like Fran because she doesn't seem to write at all. <laughs> and there's there's a there's a book that um, I'm not ready to recommend yet, so I'm not going to give the title of it, but. Yeah, I finished the first essay and I'm, in, I'm deep into the second. And it's interesting. It, it definitely triggered a desire in me to to get back to writing something um, and to get into writing something nonfiction, mm-hmm. something that kind of is is a. It it helped. It was. It's it's a concept for a thing that I've had floating around for a long time. Um, and there, it's a combination of reading this collection, um, and, uh, uh, you know, getting back into the, into the dating world, uh, and listening to, to so much music again, also that, uh, put all of this, like I, I hit on the idea for it and it's something that I'm excited to write. And now all I want to do is like quit my job, and uh, and and write for you know days on end until I get this done. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's a fantasy world that I don't live in. Um, so I guess I'm saying, if anybody would like to support me for the next uh, couple of years, uh, I'd happily take their their money uh, so that I can go ahead and hold myself away and write this not not this collection until it's done. Okay, uh, but so you know, just throwing that out there. Okay, uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/HootenWaddle, and uh, if you would go ahead and uh, pledge a monthly, uh, you know, like probably I would say maybe like two thousand dollars a month. Uh, I believe I could go ahead and cover the bills on that for a year. So you know, just think about it if you have it. 
<laughs> Maybe if you save some money and didn't spend so much on damn records, you you could do this. Not gonna happen, yeah, my friend. I, Not gonna happen. I, it's <laughs> it's one of the 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 few joys that I have, uh, and it's um, it. <laughs> It's it's it it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I I know I know. <laughs> um, I bought so many records over the last year. You know what? I, you know that's one of the things about um, that is giving me the greatest pause about you know having to get back to a more social world again, whether it's going out with friends or dating or or something. Because I'm just like, well, shit. That's gonna mean I that's gonna cut into my record budget now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I'll tell you what I um I know because everyone so everyone is fully vaccinated except my kids and I'm half vaccinated. Um, so I I had a conversation yesterday, um, with um some people who were over my home at my home outdoors. Um, who were vaccinated and started they started talking about what I was doing for work and like are you, you worrying about music much now? I'm like going, no. <laughs> like um Oh man, that's all I want to do. It's and starts going on about the Eagles with a tone <laughs> that um it started with Joe Walsh and then led into the Eagles. And it, with the tone that either I hate them or I'm young enough to have never heard of them, which I wasn't sure to take as a compliment or as a. Um, oh, that they're, they're putting that on you without having yeah, an idea that we yeah. talk at great length about the Eagles yeah. all the time. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, and I'm going along, I'm holding my own because, I mean, you know, about the Eagles, I'm not, the Eagles are fine. Um, Henley is, you know, I've seen Henley live and like, and then like I mentioned Glenn Fry and he's like, you know, he died. And I'm like, yes, I know. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like, yes. Did you know that his kid tours with them? <laughs> like, Shut up. And that he's 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 currently being played. Uh, the role of Glenn Fl- Glenn Fry is being played by Vince Gill. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and his son's on the tour tour too, or it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, and I'm just like thinking, like, right. should I take it as a compliment that he thinks I'm young enough to not to not know who the Eagles are, or should I take it as an insult that he doesn't think I know who the Eagles are? The band who holds the title for the biggest selling record of all time. <laughs> like, and it's a greatest hits collection. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, literally the most popular band, period. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I just, and just at the end of the conversation, at the end, after everything was done, I just was like, just sat there and thought to myself, if this is what it's going to be like, I'm just going to stay in the damn house. For the end of my days, <laughs> because I can't deal with this shit. I, I, I can't deal. I, I, I can't go out and be social again. I just don't want to. Like, if I have to, you know, pretend that I, you know, 
navigate this so, these social wires as if you know I don't know who the Eagles are. <laughs> like I, I just don't want to go back. I'm just going <laughs> to I'm going to be Emily fucking Dickinson and just stay in the house. Uh, that my friend is hilarious. So, um, but um, yeah, it's it all goes back to the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> Well, interestingly enough, I've got one more recommendation before we head out. Um, All right. And it is, it's not Eagles related, but it is music. Um, and I think I've mentioned mm-hmm. this before. I don't think I ever gave it as a recommendation on this podcast. I think we might have talked about it on the old podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But it it recently had kind of started up again. So uh, it's it's back fresh in my mind. And it's... Neil Finn, um, his his Fang Radio, F-A-N-G, Fang Radio. If you go to fangradio.com, you can go back and listen to all these episodes. For for a while, it was it was like the Tweety show, where it was like every day he was hopping on um, and doing... Basically, he was either like playing... He was either uh, playing songs uh, like from recordings he'd had odds and ends laying around or he was he was um you know playing from his home studio um it was just a a joy to listen to and he started up a program uh a few weeks back i want to say he started it in february that might sound right it coincided pretty close to um the time when they released the second single from the new album it's coming out later this year and uh, he was doing a series of focused uh, album by album of Crowded House. So he had done one with the self-titled debut, and um, he's wrapping up the series, doing it again. I don't know if it's going to be a fresh uh, take on it or if it's going to be uh, a repeat of the one he's already done. So that'll be interesting. But uh, he's he's in this current iteration of it. He's gone through and done. Uh, uh, he started with. Let's see. Uh, Temple of Low Man is done, and uh, Time on Earth which is one of the more recent ones. Woodface is done, Intriguer is done, and the most recent one was Together Alone, which uh, Together Alone is not one that a ton of people have heard, but I think song for song, it's probably the strongest Crowded House album. Um, the new was, one? Together Alone is no, the new one? Alone. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. a new one, right? Nope. Um, Together Alone is from 93 okay uh it was there it was the last album to feature the original lineup right okay i'm sorry i'm i was effing blanking on stuff uh but together alone has like private universe it's got uh distant sun it's got nails in my feet uh fingers of love locked out uh just uh, one of one of the strongest collections of songs anybody has ever put out Mm -hmm. um and to hear 
him go through and talk about stories of, of recording it. Um, and they ju- they recorded this episode right after because they're in New Zealand and New Zealand locked shit down and handled it right. Uh, New Zealand is having concerts, like full uh, like stadium shows and stuff. So New Zealand, or, uh, Crowded House did a tour of New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they brought over uh, Mitchell Froom. Yep. Who produced uh, the first three Crowded House albums. And uh, he's... He's on uh, he's on keyboards in the band in this current iteration, and of course, original bassist. Um, uh, oh, why am I blanking on his name? Uh, Nick Seymour. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were they were there to uh, be able to talk about some of these albums uh, and to flesh out. So it's it's like actually you get to hear since you know it's going to be quite some time before they're able to tour in the States. Uh, it's the closest thing that you're going to get to hearing the current iteration of crowded house, uh, perform together. Yeah. Uh, in a semi, it pretty much live, mm-hmm. uh, because like he'll throw in, uh, Neil will throw in some re- like pre-recorded stuff where it's just him on guitar and piano. Um, but you get a bunch of tracks with them, like doing them live in his home studio. So it's it's pretty fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- they have all of the, uh, or at least a large chunk of the previous episodes archived. And I think that you can actually get them on uh, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. Um, download them as podcasts but it's it's one of the you know it, it, as far as because uh, I haven't done a ton of uh, like the zoom shows or or stuff like that um, so like my COVID music experiences that haven't been on record were the Tweety show and then Neil Finn doing Fang Radio, mm-hmm. um, and they were uh, both absolute highlights of this terrible past year. <laughs> so, if you like Crowded House, I highly recommend uh, checking that out. I honestly, if, even if you've even if you've never heard of Crowded House before, which because let's be honest, if you're any you know if you're much younger than I am, you probably haven't heard Crowded House. Uh, and I am probably also too young to be as big a Crowded House fan as I am, uh, but I have, uh, you know, eclectic tastes that were formed by the... Um, Jared, have you, uh, Jared, have you heard of Crowded House? The record collection. <laughs> there's this guy, you know? there's this guy, Neil. <laughs> like, this is how the conversation went. Like, like, Joe, like, there's this guy, Neil, he's like, plays guitar? <laughs> that drive me so fucking nuts. I are these. I don't want to pry too much, and maybe they listen. But are these your in-laws? Uh, <laughs> you would assume um, that my in-laws probably know know how to work a podcast. They barely how know probably know how to work their damn phones. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Fair enough. 
Um, uh, it's um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's terrible. <laughs> and it's, and to be clear, it's it. Um, I love them dearly. They're they're good people. Um, they're the best in laws that one could possibly have. Um, and it's actually not my anyone closely related to my wife. Um, it's like a um, it was an aunt and an uncle uh, that were visiting. Oh, okay. Um, so you can talk shit about them all you want. Yeah, I don't even think they know that I do a podcast. <laughs> so let alone what one is. <laughs> um, but because um, they didn't know I'd been laid off, they didn't know any of the backstory, and just was like. Uh, I just the level like it was like like subtle condescension like <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah I, I hate that I, I get into that too because you know if I'm talking to it's, it's been a while mm-hmm. but yeah if I'm talking to somebody who's older who just assumes that I have no idea um Right. Uh, yeah, has no idea what I listen. Like no to. one, like no one listens. It's like um, no one listens to Zeppelin anymore. It's like it's those people who say like rock and roll. You guys don't even know what rock and roll is. And I'm like, I was, I was <laughs> in college. Who don't realize that you can get that? You know, essentially, we live in an age where you every song ever you know recorded is at your fingertips yeah it's easier it's easier now to listen to stuff completely out of time than it ever has been so exactly it's 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 definitely it was an old man yelling at cloud moment directed like at me you know in the grand scheme of things don't worry about it too much they'll be dead soon Uh, it's (laughs) kristen's kristen's listening to this right now and she's like going fuck you jared <laughs> but hey remember we're we're uh scrubs buddies mad about you buddy yeah it's, yeah 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 not not for long <laughs> no not to, i wish i i don't i was gonna say I, I wish death on no one but that's not true either uh <laughs> but you know it's i i don't know i don't know your your wife's family i am sure they're lovely people. they are they are they're the lovely they're solid the earth jared so um and uh I sh- and soon there'll be salt in the earth. All right. <laughs> it's time to wrap uh, it up. I just I couldn't let it go apparently. Before before I piss anybody else off too terribly much. Uh it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as always my friend. And uh Yeah, we'll see. We've got some stuff in the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, got some. It was it, it it was nice to do this kind of show this week. Yeah. Um just keep it, keep it light. Not that we don't normally keep it light or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, there's just uh, oh, and I didn't even get into. I just I just started watching Toast of London. Have you seen that? I don't even know what that is. Oh man. Okay, so I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it. I just started watching it, but what I've seen, it's one of those it's one of those shows where you're not sure whether or not to laugh at it at first. Okay. Even though you know it's a comedy, it's it's some of it's so cringeworthy. Um, what is it on? It's it's Matt Berry. What 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 uh, streaming service is it on? It's on Netflix. Okay. It's called um, Toast of London. But you know who Matt? You know from Matt Berry, right? Um, give me a minute. Matt Berry, uh, he's he was on. Uh, yeah. 
um, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he was on the show or not, but he was in the film. Um, and he was uh, he was in IT Crowd. Yep. Um, yep. I know. I know to whom you should refer to now. So, My Bush. Yeah. It, it's it. It's just one of the most fucking bizarre things that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's it's absolutely hysterical. So it's co- it's called Toast of London. Uh, it's about uh, an actor named Stephen Toast, who's played by Matt Berry. Um, and it's... Because it's a British series, you're only going to get a few episodes a season, so it's going to it's going to run by pretty quick. Uh, but this was this was one that I had, I'd heard about on um, uh, Matt Myra was recommending it um, on the podcast he does, uh, Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. Oh, okay, um, and uh, it still took me a little while to get around to it, but I started watching it tonight. I got like two or three episodes into it, and it's it's pretty hysterical it's just it's again it's it's a totally absurd humor and it's it's delightfully uh delightfully cringeworthy you you have to you have to go in knowing that it is completely um uh irreverent in all regards there there is so much about it that's very very offensive uh and that's just what the show is and you have to kind of deal with it uh, but when when you keep that in mind, it, you can just ride out the wave of laughter, just like we're gonna ride out the wave of laughter on this episode of Mental Planet. You know, Netflix has sort of gone, you know, cornered the market on uh, my Bush uh, people, because uh, if they got Toast of London and then Noel from that show um, co-hosts mm-hmm. uh, the Great British Bake Off. Um, uh, I I think it's only a matter of time before I get into that. I've 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 heard that that is also, um, like great escapist fare. It, it, it is. It's it's um, it's definitely a antithesis of uh, of American reality show. Um, it's did, did, this is making me think of. Did you ever watch Nailed It? No, it's the one that Nicole Byer hosts. No, but I know to I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, I, I'm a little bit behind on it. There's some that I haven't seen, but um, that is also pretty, oh. pretty funny. All right. Um, uh, again, more escapist fair. Anyway, all right, we, we sir. We were going to keep this one. We were going to keep this one high and tight so that you can get to Winter Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's so. right. So it's Friday. It's Winter Soldier Day. I got burrito waiting for me, sir. You can add that out. All right, my friend. <laughs> All right. Uh, no. Why would, I edit, why would I edit something out about burritos? Burritos are fucking great. Because uh, I don't want everyone to know that I'm the basic one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the quesadilla man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a joke that you get if you've been listening with us since what the fork i'm not going to explain it now you can you can go no. back and listen to all the episodes of what the fork on your that's what we call that's what we call an in uh, joke <laughs> right. all right buddy all right i'll talk to you talk to you next week all right later plow peeps yep
Keep it mental. Mental Platypus is a production of Hoot and Waddle, producing fine arts and culture podcasts and publishing works of experimental literature since 2016. To learn more about Hoot and Waddle, please visit hootandwaddle.com. To learn how you can help support and sustain Hoot and Waddle, please visit patreon.com forward slash hootandwaddle. <laughs>